Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Very special Friday edition of the program. So glad to have you along with us. We've made it to the conclusion of another work week and uh, hope that you've been with us each day this week at 11 a.m. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. And we've got a very special guest with us today in studio. So I'm going to quickly move through the show lineup brought to you by Honeybake Tam in New Albany and tell you who that guest is. Here in segment number one, Justin Betts, former Providence basketball great, has had a tremendous career at Bellarmine with Coach Davenport. And the good news is he's headed back for a six year of eligibility with the Knights this winter. He's going to be with me in segment one and throughout the program here in the opening segment. Justin. We'll get a chance to hear from you about uh, how things are going and your great career in college and catch up with you with a lot of stuff. And then you've agreed to stay on the rest of the hour and uh, co-host with me. So uh, welcome into the Big X Studios. Yeah, thank you, Matt. I'm excited for the lineup today and to to be on the show for the entire segment um, because I think we got some exciting stuff to talk about. So um, thank you again for, for letting me be on. Absolutely. So Justin Betts, we'll hear from in segment one and throughout the show. Later in the hour, it's Friday, so Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, he'll join in as we'll talk some IU basketball. The recruiting period continues through the weekend, so we'll cover that as well. And then always on Friday, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, recruiting and hoops and high school sports and so much more with him in segment number three today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honeybake Tam in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are still being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available at Honey Baked Tam in New Albany. And a reminder, if you've got a question for me or for Justin or for one of our guests, the Thornton's text line is open, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. At Thornton's, right now it's Summer Cash Bash, which means one lucky Refreshing Rewards member will win $10,000 all summer long with a grand prize of a 2022 Chevy Tahoe. All you got to do is open your Refreshing Rewards app and click on the Summer Cash Bash icon to enter. You can also earn additional entries by purchasing select top brands like Mountain Dew 20-ounce bottles, hot dogs, Bud Light 12-packs, large Doritos, and much more using your Refreshing Rewards card. It's Thornton Summer Cash Bash. If you're not a member, no problem. Text the word REWARDS to the number 80313 today. That's REWARDS to 80313. One three today. Let's get into our opening segment. Justin Betts, my co-host today. Mr. Betts, a great career for you at Bellarmine. And because of COVID and also because of a redshirt 
early in your career, uh, you kind of get to have an unprecedented thing happen, and that's a six-year of uh, college hoops eligibility. So after a really good run last year, you get the chance to go back and, as the kids say, run it back again and maybe even farther this time. That's right, yeah. So um, I'm actually going to be spending over 25% of my life at Bellarmine, which is unique, (laughs) uh, but I wouldn't have it any other way. And uh, like you mentioned, I redshirted my first year um, just to try to get my body right and get ready. And I was fortunate enough to have a COVID year, and um, our season really didn't get cut short that much um, when COVID did come on. So uh, it's just one more quick bonus that that I couldn't uh, let get away. So I'm excited for one more year. Um, and we got a lot of new talent coming in, and it's, it's going to be another exciting year for Bellarmine. I want to talk a lot about Bellarmine and your time there in the upcoming season, but let's start right here in southern Indiana because uh, for you, it all began at Providence High School. You had an outstanding career there, a four-year starter on the varsity team. You guys had some state tournament success as well. Of course, now we think of Providence as a state championship program. You helped laid the foundation for a lot of that with some deep success that your teams had. Uh, and I know a, a lot of good, good years growing up in southern Indiana and playing at Providence. Uh, so how did all that uh, factor into your success today? And I know that you're still in touch now with Coach Ryan Miller and you still are around the program at Providence from time to time. Those are some really deep and special connections for you. Definitely. Um, and there's no doubt that they are the reason that I'm where I am today. Um, and I, I was born and raised in New Albany, Um my my main training facility was the YMCA in downtown New Albany. So um, uh, I've been here my whole life, and uh, there are the best basketball roots that I've ever seen um, in Southern Indiana, and, and that's that's why I fell in love with the game. And um, what Coach Miller did at Providence, I was with him my freshman year, um, and what he's continued to do now is just beyond anything that that I thought was possible. And um, I remember sitting at that state championship game. Obviously, wishing that was that was me out there, mm-hmm. um, but they they followed the game plan. Um, I got to be at practice with them a little bit that week, and um, I was on the scout team. And I just, I remember vividly um, <clears throat> I, every time I caught the ball, they double team because they were playing it um, like I was at the Wisconsin commit, um, and I couldn't dribble the ball. Like I, every time I caught it, I, I couldn't go anywhere with it. And so that's just a testament to one the game plan by the coaches. Um, but two, the execution by all the players. And they have some smart, bought-in players um, all across the board. And, and so their success wasn't an accident by any means this year. Yeah, absolutely. Justin Betts in studio with me. He'll be the co-host today. Uh, you know, you talk about roots of Southern Indiana basketball and how good they are. I know we're all very proud of that, no matter what our high school connection is. Uh, but when I think of Bellarmine and what Coach Scotty Davenport has built there long before you got to the campus, I've always felt like there was a Southern Indiana-like environment there. It started with Knights Hall and that small gym that they really packed it in, especially as Bellarmine at D2 at the time uh, became a national front runner in many ways. And just the way he recruited and ran the program and the details that went into it and the loyal fan base that came around that program some years ago, I always felt like there was some similarities when I'd go over there, a little resemblance of basketball that was very important. You could tell that from the moment you arrived on campus. 100%. Um, and I think that's why I was so drawn to Bellarmine is because of that atmosphere and because of the community support. Um, and that's something that I saw all throughout high school, was just especially with, with Romeo and that whole New Albany team, uh, but just the outpouring support from the entire community. And 
uh, the gyms being packed, and there's there's just a buzz kind of in any gymnasium that you walked in, um, and then that carried over right into Knights Hall, and um, we're trying to continue to carry over into Freedom Hall, and I think it helps that there is a, a Southern Indiana pipeline that continues from uh, from here over to Bellarmine with. Yes, three of us now with myself, Jalen Fairman, and, and LT Hatton, um, and then a lot of players on that 2011 team that won the national championship. But um, <clears throat> I, I do think that what we do here is replicated at Bellarmine, and I think that's part of the reason for our success is because um, there's a community around us that loves college basketball. Um, L has a lot of support. We have a lot of support, and it's just um, a lot of historic success that continues to, to rise and um, the excitement I know at U of L is continuing to rise this year, so I'm really excited for this year. And, and the fact that we get to open up at the Yum Center on November 9th is um, <clears throat> pretty much a dream of mine since since I've been growing up, and I got to play there a couple of years ago. But um, I think it's great for the city of Louisville and the whole community and and Southern Indiana as well. You mentioned the schedule and the Yum Center, but uh, Purdue and Gonzaga and UCLA, I'm looking back at last year's schedule in West Virginia, and this year's is going to be very similar. Another unbelievable stretch of non-conference games that Coach Davenport, using all his great connections and college hoops over the years, has been able to put together. What has it been like to go from Providence High School to Knights Hall at Bellarmine, uh, then become a Division One program, and not just become D1 while you're there, but get a chance to play some of these top-tier programs, and for the most part, they're always going to be on the road. You're going to be a money game for them. They're going to pay you guys to come, but those opportunities to play and compete, and sometimes really compete and keep it very reasonable with this top-tier D1 programs, what's that been like? That's a whole nother experience that most guys at your level of Division One get very little taste of. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like I mentioned, it's every kid's dream to to grow up and be able to play in environments and atmospheres that you watch growing up your whole life. Um, and our schedule is a testament to everything that coaches have built, everything past players have built. Um, and something that coach always tells us is that if, if you do the right thing, opportunity will chase you down. And we are getting opportunities because of success we've had in the past, but also because of the way that we handle our program and the way that we carry ourselves um, and so teams want to have you on their schedule. And, uh, so, I mean, we have U of L, UK, Duke, UCLA, and Clemson are the, are the power fives. And then, uh, we have Evansville, Miami, Ohio, and Murray state. And that's our non-conference slate. Um, <clears throat> and I would like to think before I even see anybody else's non-conference schedules that that's, uh, towards the top of the pack. And I'd rather play those games any day of the week, um, than play games that we go and and win by 30 or 40, um, not only because of the competitiveness and uh, I guess the global television time and all that, but just because of the atmospheres, uh, Polly Pavilion, Cameron Indoor, Rupp, it's, it's special. And so I, I'm very excited and thankful for all of our coaches that got to put that together. Um, so it'll be, it'll be another fun year for us. Yeah, talking with Justin Betts, he's in studio with me today and we will be throughout the program as the co-host here on our Friday show. Justin, I, I hate to ask this question. I feel uh, obligated to, though. Uh, obviously, we mentioned what a good year it was for you individually, but also for Bellarmine and the program as a whole last year, uh, winning the A-Sun championship, getting uh, to that game and getting the opportunity to, to get as close to the NCAA tournament 
as you possibly can. And I know so many people, you know, in the city and around didn't put it together that when you win and you're a new member to D1, there is a transitional period. And unfortunately, even though you guys petitioned a little bit and and made a cause uh, to see what could happen, uh, you weren't allowed to move on to the big dance, the NCAA tournament. I know that was tough because you go from so much joy and the very top of your conference and you see other teams that did the exact same thing, uh, punching their ticket to the tournament, but Bellarmine couldn't. How, how tough was that for you and for your teammates with all that was accomplished and with all the momentum and support you had to get to that high level, but because of some rules, not be able to continue on? Yeah, I mean, it, it was brutal just because we, we knew the rule going in, right, that we couldn't play in the tournament. Um, we weren't we weren't educated on the fact that we couldn't play in the NIT, and so that's what we thought we were playing for. Um, but as you mentioned, we we fought for it, and we are still continuing to fight for um, a rule change um, and hopefully a granted waiver for us to, to be deemed eligible. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, I mean, honestly, at, at first it wasn't bad because we won, and um, there's a there was a lot of excitement around, and it, it was awesome. And then a few days later it kind of wears off. Uh, after a big win and then selection Sunday came and that was just it was the worst because we we knew it was coming and we just still wanted to watch and um you just see all the all the watch parties from teams that got an automatic bid in and and so that was one of the main things that kind of sparked it for us that that it wasn't going to happen and like I said we knew it's just it didn't really come into reality yet um but yeah we're I mean we're still fighting for it we're we're in contact with Mark Emmert and the NCAA and um, our commissioner, Ted Gumbart has been awesome and been on our side. And obviously coach Davenport's continuing to fight for us. Um, but yeah, I mean, only time will tell, I guess, until we know, but in my opinion, I just think four years is, is a lot of time. Yeah. You know, it's, I mean, if you're recruiting kids, um, that's a whole career. And thankfully we've still gotten some great recruits that care more about being at Bellarmine and playing at Bellarmine than, a shot in the NCAA tournament, but I don't, I mean, it's not going to affect me. Right. So, um, I'd say if anything, two years should be the max on that rule. And that's for all institutions moving forward. But, um, I mean, I would love for us to, to get a chance to play for it this year. Yeah. You know, it's, it seems like this is me looking from the outside in, but with all the changes in college sports and there's a lot of movement with conferences and we talk about all this stuff daily, here on this show, but it seems like now's the time to make changes because there have been so many other changes, and the NCAA seems to be listening a lot more maybe than what they ever have. So, with the support of Coach Davenport, what a what a uh, any cause to have his support with his ability to speak and connections, and then your conference commissioner and the fact that you've been able to be in communication with Mark Emmert at the NCAA. Maybe this will start at least the path for change in this rule. And if you can't take advantage of it, future nights or future other teams transitioning to Division One basketball or sports will be able to. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, and like you said, there's there's a lot of changes being made with the transfer portal and uh, NIL stuff. And um, I just I don't see how this one should be overlooked. I guess moving into the future because it's going to affect a lot of student athletes. Um, and if I think if that's what the NCAA is all about is restoring, um, I guess the benefits of student athletes and they, they should look upon this with um, a lot of importance. All right. I got to ask you, coach Davenport is probably one of my favorite people to have on this show. And I'd say I've, 
oh, eight years, seven years of having this program, maybe four or five times, and I probably should bug him a little more <laughs> to come on. But uh, again, it's an IU and Southern Indiana show, but there's such great connection uh, to this area with Bellman that he and he's such a just a fun guest that he right. it's just a good guy to have on. So what's it like to play for him? Because I have seen him in my time. I was at U of L when he was there um, as a student. I have seen him go from you know a, an assistant coach type figure that was very well known and very connected in Louisville uh, to almost a figurehead for Louisville, not just for Bellman basketball, but for the community as a whole. And I love hearing him speak. I love hearing him do radio interviews. Um, he's a motivational guy. I can't imagine what it would be like to be in war with him in a basketball game and hear him at timeouts and also at halftime in the locker room. Yeah, so I was actually asked this question yesterday, um, and I'll give you the same answer that, that I gave them. So I strongly believe that, that coaches everything that's right about college basketball. Um, like you mentioned about the city of Louisville, he bleeds – the city of Louisville, like he's all about it, and he's uh, he's been loyal to it, and he's given everything he's he's got to uh, to make it a better place, right? Um, and what a lot of people don't know about Coach is is how much he gives and does for us behind the scenes. Um, and it, it's easy for coaches to put on a front and go into the media and just talk about how much they love their guys and care about their guys. Um, but we'll, I mean, we'll come back from a road trip or go on a road trip, and he through his own pocket, buys us boxes and boxes of snacks and food. And it's just stuff he doesn't have to do. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we had, we had a kid, freshman, Michael Bova this year, get his tooth knocked out. And Coach, it was like the first day, it was funny. But Coach, uh, <laughs> he had his dentist. He had Michael at his dentist. Um, and Michael's from Cleveland. But he had Michael at his own dentist in like an hour. Um, it's just stuff like that and, and connections that he has for the right reasons. Um, but he, he cares about us a lot. And if you see him at games, he's intense as he should be. Cause I would, I would never want to play for a coach that doesn't push me and get on me and, and tell me when I'm doing things wrong. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, he, he's been in it for so long and he has a reputation that he has because so many people feel that same way. And, um, it's, it's not a front. It's not something that he's only done one time and gotten lucky with. Like he's continuing to, to succeed and, um, it's also due in large part to our support staff uh, with Doug, Bo, Al, Scooter, Rocky, all guys at, at Bellarmine. Um, but Coach has surrounded himself with great people as well. Justin Betts, he's going to co-host with me today. So after this opening segment, he'll be with me when we have Dylan Wallace and also Kyle Nedenrip on the show. Final question before we go to our first break. NIL, name, image, and likeness, has been one of the major changes in college sports. And I know some of the guys at IU, we talk about this stuff daily, UofL, UK, uh, they're making big money off of this. They really are getting some big sponsorship deals, whether it's through social media or branding or other avenues. How about you? How about guys at Bellarmine? Has NIL presented some opportunities for you and if we've got somebody listening that owns a good Southern Indiana business, maybe a Providence graduate that has a business that wants a good representative of their business that went to that said school, uh, are your uh, are your DMs open for opportunities with NIL? But yeah, they're always open. Um, and I, like I said, I was born and raised here, and I I love Southern Indiana. So if that's an option, hundred um, percent. But as far as guys at Bellarmine and taking advantage of that, there's. There's been some small deals and um, opportunities that we've been fortunate enough to have. Um, obviously, I don't think we are getting deals with Porsche like like Oscar Shibway is, but <laughs> that's probably for good reason, uh, given 
that he's the player of the year. Um, but I mean, it's, it's mainly, uh, representing brands, not necessarily being compensated for him. Um, I mean, yeah. So it's not like we're the, the power five football schools that are choosing between 1.5 and $1.7 million on where to go. Uh, but it's an opportunity and it's a lot of people think it's like kids trying to get rich and maybe in some schools that is the case, but, um, a lot of times it's just extra money that maybe we would like to have if we could work a job while we were going to school and, and playing basketball, but that's just not really um, rational. And so um, it is a great opportunity. And if you think that, I'm not, not only talking about this area, but anywhere, but if you think that kids are a great representative and, and um, hold themselves to a high standard and, and are good athletes as well, I think that kids deserve to be rewarded for that. Um, but as far as like our deals and any other deals that I know of, uh, they're pretty private, and so I, I I'm not sure what people at U of L or, or Bellarmine have. Absolutely, Justin Betts. Great to catch up with you. Thanks for taking some time out. I know you've had a busy off season, a busy summer, a lot of off season work, and that's something else I want to figure out how to talk with you about a little bit later in the hour. But great to catch up, and thanks for agreeing to stay with us here over the next uh, few segments of the show. Yeah, thank you. I'm excited Uh, for it. We will head to a commercial break. When we come back, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's going to join as we talk about where the IU coaches were at yesterday and a lot of recruiting going on across the country right now. This is the final live period of the month of July, so we'll discuss that and more. And then still ahead, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Friday program. The Thornton's text line open at number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Justin Betts, my co-host today, a great chance to catch up with him in the opening segment, former Providence great, and now a star at Bellarmine heading into his final season with Coach Davenport and the Knights. And uh, with us on the phone is Dylan Wallace, the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune as we talk uh, IU basketball, recruiting, and more in this segment each Friday. Dylan, a lot of news about the Peach Jam, a lot of sightings of the IU coaches down at the Peach Jam, and some really encouraging news on visits uh, as this IU staff continues to recruit hard here in the month of July. Yeah, they really went after it. Um just the other day at Peach Jam, I think all four of the members of the coaching staff were there. Mike Woodson, Kenya Hunter, Yusea Roseman, Brian Walsh. Um, they were all in attendance. And, uh, you know, I think we talked about them a little bit last week, but, you know, a lot of them watching TJ Power, you know, he kind of skyrocketed up. You know, he's got the big offers, Kansas, Duke, North Carolina. He is trying to stay in that mix. Um, I know they saw some in-state guys too. I think Trent Sisley and Jalen uh, Harrelson of the Indy Heat. So they saw some in-state guys as well over there. Um, Dylan Harper, he's uh, Ron Harper Jr.'s uh, brother. So we all remember Ron Harper, the shot he hit against 
Indiana uh, just a couple months ago in March or February or whatever that was. So uh, they were busy. They were busy a lot um, a couple days ago at the Peach Jam. Um, it was cool that all four of them were there. It means that they're they're really going all in on some of these guys over there. Um, and then, you know, with some of the events coming up, um, I know there's some in Chicago, some other ones going on. Uh, I think they'll, they'll probably split out for those. So a lot of names to look after, but uh, they're doing a pretty good job on the recruiting trail. And I think all four of them being there the other day um, just kind of showcases uh, how, how much and how serious they are about some of these prospects. All right, Dylan Wallace, our guest. Great stuff, Dylan. Um, you know, as busy as the coaches are, and Alex Bozich and I got into this yesterday, as busy of a month as this is on the road, as soon as these guys get back, the players are doing a lot of off-season stuff with the strength and conditioning coach, and I'm sure getting some runs in as well. But it's going to be very busy recruiting this month and in August as well because so many of the guys you just mentioned have already lined up visits. And I guess if you can evaluate how things are going, it's based on who Indiana is watching this month. How many of those guys include IU in list cuts, and how many of those guys actually get on campus? And based on what I've seen so far, there's a real opportunity, it looks like, for Indiana to get a lot of these guys on campus, some of them very soon after this period ends. Right, yeah, I think so as well, especially because, you know, in in just about a month here, everyone's going to be back on campus in terms of students. So you're going to have kind of Bloomington pumping life again. Uh, it's been pretty quiet over the summer like it usually is. It's nice and peaceful, but in about a month, you know, the campus will be buzzing again. I think that's, you know, the right time that they want to get kids down here and kind of see what it's like when, when students are, are here and everyone's kind of moving and everything's busy, you know, to show what it's like to come here for college and how it is and how kind of lively it is, how fun it can be. So um, those those definitely visits will probably happen soon. It's probably a little bit easier for them to to do them a little early on, they can come watch the team practice. They can come do stuff like that. Uh, I'm sure a number of them will want to do it during the season, maybe to watch watch some games, see some stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, that's a huge indicator of kind of how well things are going. If, if they want to take a visit to your school, it means they're definitely interested. Um, and, you know, like we said a little bit last week, Indiana seemed to always, like, make a decent amount of list cuts for some of these guys. But you never felt like there was a, a real chance they would kind of be selected when it's all said and done. But, you know, like we said with Woodson, it just seems like things are a little different now. It seems like there's more of a chance that when these list cuts happen and Indiana's still on it, you know, you feel a little bit more optimistic about it. You're like, okay, hey, you know, they, they this might be a real shot if we can get them on campus. You know, Mike Woodson, they've called him the closer before when, when recruits come in the building. So, you know, let's see, let's see how what happens. So it's an exciting time for sure. It's very busy for them. And, yeah, I think the players just had their picture day. Uh, the IU players just had their picture day a couple of days ago, so they've been posting some of those photos. So um, once they get back, uh, you know, they'll be revving up, ready to go from August to September, not getting ready for October and the season starting around November. So uh, it's an exciting time for sure, and it's going to be here before we know it. You know, uh, July's almost over, and then, you know, we're going to get football back, and before we know it, basketball will be back. So it's an exciting time for sure. Hey, Dylan, this is Justin. Um I haven't gotten to meet you yet, but but everything that you've said seems like it's like it's really pointing in the right direction for IU. Um, a question that I have for you: I know that you've been around for a while, but um, what are some of the differences that you've seen between Woodson's staff um, and Miller's staff? I guess with their interactions, how they're recruiting, um, kind of the feeling that you're getting from recruits as far as um, their excitement to play for IU. Yeah, good question. I think it, it just seems like the, this this coaching staff right now that Woodson has. Um, I, I think the connections are a little. I think they're a little bit more relatable, and I think the personality differences between Mike Woodson and Archie Miller specifically um, are, are are pretty drastic. And just just everything you hear you hear recruits say when they do Q and A's, 
when people talk to them at these recruiting events is just how kind of real Woodson is and just kind of the, the job he does selling Indiana as, as a school that can, can get you to the NBA, a school that can get you better to get you where you want to be. Even the players on the roster now, um, you know, we, we've had some availabilities this summer, whether it's Jordan Geronimo or Race Thompson or any guys that decided to come back this year. I think each and every one of them said something around the, the thing of, you know, we, we trust Mike Woodson to get my game to where it needs to be for me to continue playing at a high level, go, go, go pro stuff like that. So, you know, that, that stuff resonates with recruits. Um, and, you know, obviously, you know, time will tell with how the results play out, but I think these guys really bought in. And I just think the buy-in is something that we didn't see with, with Archie Miller's staff in the previous years. You know, there was always kind of, Hey, do these players want to play this way? Do these players, you know, think that they're getting the, the best development that they can to, to be successful. And that just seems like the biggest difference right now. And, you know, when you see it, resonating with the players on the roster when you hear it from recruits um, whether they've already committed or whether they're just you know talking about Indiana as, as someone they've talked to um, I think that that makes a big difference um, and you know like we said you know we'll see what happens on the court I think last year getting back to the tournament seeing a, a kind of a rise of improvement helps and then this year you know if they're kind of as good as everyone thinks they can be you know that only help um, you know attract attention from some of these big guys uh, on the recruiting trail. So I just think the personality differences and kind of the buy-in from the roster now just is just the biggest difference. And uh, it's got a lot of fans excited as they should be, and uh, it's got Indiana kind of back in the buzz for some of these big recruits, which is always an exciting time because you know you got to win with talent in college basketball. And uh, you know I, I like Indiana's chances right now, and I think they're doing a great job on the recruiting trail. Dylan, one other thing I wanted to bring up: I've not been at any of the events Indiana coaches. Are- Mike Woodson have been at this month or even back in the spring but every time I see a video or a photo and nowadays everybody has their phone so there's a lot of this stuff and IU fans and supporters are crazy so they track it real close but every time I see a photo or video of Coach Woodson at one of these events he's always shaking hands high-fiving hugging, whatever it is, this guy is connected. I know there's a social element that goes along with the recruiting. There has to be for the coaches because they're on the road every day in a gym all day long away from their teams and most importantly away from their families. But Mike Woodson, it just I've been reminded a couple times this month, he is very connected. It, even the top-tier coaches, uh, you name them, he knows them from his years in the NBA and his years around the sport of basketball. So whatever gym he goes into, uh, some players may not know him by face just yet. He's still new at the college game, but boy, he is sure connected. I, yeah, I think it's just the presence he brings. You know, he's just so kind of, he's just kind of a cool guy and, and people will come up to him and he's very easy to talk to. He's very welcoming. You know, I've heard stories um, just from, just from kids who, who've come to IU and they've seen Mike Woodson on campus you know, out at a lunch place and they'll, they'll say, you know, Oh, like, Hey, Mike Woodson. And he'll ask some questions like, Hey, what are you majoring here? And he's like, he's like very relatable. He's like, he's like offers to talk to people. So, I mean, he's just a really good guy in general. And, uh, you know, when you have those personality traits and it helps out and you go on the recruiting trail and you're kind of seen as a respected guy, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a really positive thing. And, you know, I, I think it's been great. I think the, I think the coaching staff as well, Kenya Hunter, you see Roseman. I mean, I think those two guys again are, are doing an amazing job, and I think they also kind of have that that really awesome personality. It's really fun to talk to them. You know, they're 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 kind of in touch with some of the younger players, so it's been really fun. And I just think that this coaching staff is put together really well, um, and we're seeing kind of the how how it's played out right now. We've seen them get some good players, and now we're seeing them go after more good players. And, and like I said, I mean, you just you just feel a little bit more confident with this group. 
um, that that they can that they can get the job done, you know. And 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 it's, it's an exciting time for sure. And we're going to see a lot more things pop up this weekend. Like I said, with the events in Chicago, I think there might be one in Atlanta, something like that. So. Uh, we're going to see a lot more names pop up and uh, a lot more coaches kind of spread out. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, we'll see pictures of them. Wherever they are, we're going to know where they are because someone's going to have their phone out, snap a picture, you know, slap the hashtag IUBB on it, and we'll, we'll definitely know where they are. So uh, it's a good time for sure. And Mike Woodson, I mean, it's, it's just the guy he is. And, you know, I think, you know, even from that opening press conference that happened, you know, two marches ago, you know, you we could tell, you know, he wants to be here. And you can tell just the personality he has that, you know, he might be the right guy to, to, to at least lead lead young men, and, and so far he's proven he is, and uh, it's, it's just a good thing to see. Dylan, you mentioned the excitement from IU fans a couple times, and as a coach and as a player, I think that's all you can really ask for within your community, right? Um, so yeah. what, what would you consider, looking ahead here, what would you consider a successful year for Indiana basketball? A successful year coming up? Yep. Um, it, it's, it's tough because the expectations are, are, are getting pretty high. Um, and I think they should be. And I think Indiana fans are a little hesitant to expect things to, to be as good as, you know, winning a Big Ten title or being, you know, a top ten team or something like that. But I think fans just need to get used to having those kind of expectations again. And, uh, you know, obviously this roster hasn't done anything yet. We have, there's a lot of returning players, but a lot of the returning players, you know, just barely got into the tournament last year. There's a lot of talented recruits coming in. Everyone's super high on all four of those guys. Um, and again, we never know how freshmen are going to pan out. So there's a lot of unknowns, and we don't know what this roster can, is capable of. But, I mean, I think this team is, is definitely able, if they're able to compete for a Big Ten title, if they're able to be in the top four of the Big Ten standings and they're kind of in the race toward the end, I think that's successful. I think getting the tournament easily, you know, not, not kind of worrying about what you, what you can do in the Big Ten tournament to get you in. You know, if they get in the tournament easily and maybe win a game or two, that's successful. Um, so, I mean, it, it's hard to just pinpoint, you know, these certain things they have to do. But, I mean, I just think if they're competitive and, and, and you know, with the schedule that they have, with the non-conference schedule they have, playing in the Big Ten, you know, if they're a competitive basketball team, they're going to be competing for a Big Ten title. They're going to get into the NCAA tournament easily. And then from there, you know, you, you, try, to, you try to do what you can do and, and get as far as you can. But, um, you know, obviously, you know, if, if you finish toward the, the back half of the conference again, then things get to get a little shaky. You know, fans might get a little impatient, but, like, oh, what's going on here? So, you know, I, I don't think that should any be an issue, though. I mean, I think this team it should be talented enough. I think everyone's got, you know, kind of the right head on in terms of what they expect this team to do. So, I mean, it's just an exciting time. And, um, you know, whether or not it's a success, we'll have to wait and find out. But, I mean, I think, you know, for them to just be competitive and be toward the top of the Big Ten uh, would definitely be successful. And then, you know, once there, it's a sprint in March, so you got to try to, you know, find a way to play your best basketball then and see what happens. But uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not too scared that this team won't live up to some of the expectations they have. I think they're talented enough to do it. Dylan, we're up against the break, but I, I want to squeeze this in real quick. The NCAA Division One Basketball Council, or excuse me, the Division One Council overall that sets the course for the NCAA, as part of these transfer window periods, and I mentioned this earlier in the week on the show, that uh, proposal also includes a plan that would eliminate a rule that currently exists that prohibits players from transferring more than once. So if this passes, and there's a lot of indication that it will, uh, players will be able to transfer immediately, What well, I shouldn't say immediately, but more than once, and be immediately eligible. They would not have to sit out as long as they meet a few conditions. Have, have you looked at this and you have any thoughts on how even more difficult this could make a Division One coaching staff's job 
to uh, to know that players can't just transfer once and jump in there right away. Now they can do it as many times as they want. Yeah, this would be tough because you think if you think about a kid who wants to play, let's say he plays four years, you know, there's a chance he can be on four teams in four years and not have to sit out at all. And he can just hop around and go to different spots. And it's going to be a little, it's going to be a little shaky there. Um, and at, at that point, I mean, you just got to hope that these kids, you know, you know, when they make their commitment or they just transfer once, they they find kind of where they want to be. You know, but it, it's going to be a little crazy. It's going to be a lot like free agency, it seems like, and you know, players can bounce and go wherever they want, whenever they want. Um, it's going to be interesting too, and that's why I think you know NIL might help because if you have deals at certain schools, you might want to stick to those because you're making money there, and maybe that'll help keep kids around a little bit easier. But uh, you know, it's going to be interesting for sure to kind of see how this plays out because you know, with that kind of with, with them able to just go wherever they want and and not have to worry about sitting out, um, you know, I think a lot of players will will, will be happy to kind of use that as, as much as they want, um, and it's gonna it's gonna make things a little weird, but. Uh, college sports in, in all kind of facets are changing right now, so um, I, I, we're just going to see how that plays out. But uh, it's going to be interesting, and, and hopefully the, the players, you know, wherever, whenever they decide out of high school or wherever where they want to go, um, hopefully, hopefully they, they can be happy there and just stick around because, you know, it's fun to see players grow in a program, but uh, those days might be over. So uh, we'll, we'll, see how, we'll see how it plays out for sure. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, my guest on Fridays. Dylan, as always, thanks for joining Justin and I. Yep, thank you. Good to meet you, Justin. Yeah, you too, Dylan. Thank you. All right, we will head to a commercial break. Justin Betts, my co-host. We've got one more guest today. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join more basketball and recruiting. A little high school sports coming up next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. Back with you here on a Friday, Justin Betts, former Providence great and Bellarmine basketball player with me today throughout the hour as my co-host. Justin, it's been a lot of fun to have you with me. I've had a number of texts come in to tell you congratulations and a great job and good luck next season. So a lot of supporters from Providence and beyond. Uh, glad to hear you on the airwaves today. Yeah, that's what makes it special around here <laughs> is people supporting, but I'm excited to, to finish it up with, with Kyle and... Um, Hopefully, be on a couple more times in the future. But it's been it's been really fun. Absolutely, Kyle Nedenrip is our guest on Fridays as well. We talk recruiting and high school sports and more. Kyle, I think you probably remember the name and the player Justin Betts of the Providence Pioneers. Oh, absolutely! Uh, that's pretty cool. Is he, is this part of an internship, Matt? Or no, what, he, what's going he on? was kind enough to to come in and give give me an hour of his time. So no, that's that's all it is. But fun. Very cool. Very cool. Good to get that insight from him, I'm sure. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk a little bit about July recruiting. That's obviously the hot topic at this time, and we tracked a lot of the IU recruits in the last segment. Last Friday, we were talking about Jack Benner of Brownstown, who committed to Purdue. So this week, uh, as you look across the tournaments, some local, some throughout the country, is there a hot name from the Hoosier State that IU or Purdue or schools from elsewhere are tracking that you think has seen a little uh, positive uh, momentum here in the last week or so? 
Yeah, that's a good question. I've been kind of working on some football stuff, so I've been kind of following just uh, you know following tweets and, and stories and whatnot. But I, you know, I think I, I think there's a lot of guys, including you know what we've seen from Flory Badunga uh, from Kokomo, who is obviously you know playing himself into being probably more of a national recruit. I know we've talked about him before, but you know I'm kind of curious, kind of like kind of like uh, Xavier Booker was, where you know it was more of a, a Midwest recruit, and then you know, I think he gets enough eyeballs on him, and then all of a sudden it's, uh, you know, it's it's everyone, you know. And I, I think that's kind of what we've seen from Flory, you know, especially in the last, you know, I, I would say the last month or so. You know, it, it just becomes a different uh, group of coaches who sees him, and I think uh, it becomes pretty obvious, you know, and we saw head-to-head when he played against Booker, uh, what he can do. You know, different type of player, you know, probably not the – you know, what you would say is maybe the NBA type prospect just because, you know, the, the NBA game has changed where he's maybe not the type of player like Booker is. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I mean, I, he's, he's a, you know, a top 10 national guy in the 2024 class. And, and, you know, I, that's where I think a lot of interest is in, you know, seeing what happens with that class, including, you know, like you mentioned, Jack Benner, uh, who's I think one of the best players in that 24 class, but, you know, he's definitely, I think a name that, maybe it's still somewhat of a, you know, somewhat of a mystery to people just because we haven't seen him a ton yet. Uh, and just one year of high school, uh, there at Kokomo, but, you know, obviously a guy who's just going to have pretty much his pick of, uh, of any school, uh, even, even, even now, I think. So, uh, I think he's, he's definitely a name that's, uh, you know, on everybody's radar now. Kyle, you've seen a lot of high school sports and a lot of athletes, um, probably way, way more than I have. Um, if you were to give me two or three of the most important qualities or assets that you see within successful athletes, what would those be? Success at the next level? Uh, yeah, what, what you see in high school athletes, it kind of sets them apart. Yeah, I would say uh, a lot of times it's it's sort of the, the people around them. Uh, and I know that's something, you know, sort of out of your control. And, uh, you know, I even talked to my own kids about, you know, you can only control, you know, what's in your view, but, you know, a lot of times it's, it's the adults around them who have their, their best intentions. I think that's, that to me is, uh, just vital, you know, and, and even, even stuff as little as, you know, high school rankings and, 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 you know, I've talked to AAU teams about this and, and, and different groups, like, you know, that stuff is for fans, you know, that stuff is for, you know, people who follow it, uh, from afar, those rankings, those uh, plaudits and accolades are, you know, they're great, and, and you want to, obviously, you want to, uh, you know, take those and, and and smile and and thank people, you know, for that stuff. But you know, really, it's what you're doing on the side and, and by yourself, and you know, it, it and those things aren't. You're not going to get the the plaudits and the accolades for stuff like that. But it's the it's the work you put in, um, you know. So it's it's you know, to me, it's it's more about you know, your work ethic, your, you know, and honestly, you know, having been one myself, I can say this, but, you know, teenage boys aren't the smartest species in the world. So, you know, they, they, you know, they need help, you know, they need help. They need people in their corner and they're going to make mistakes, you know, and, and, you know, so I think the people around them a lot of times is, is just super vital, whether it's a mom, a dad, both, uh, grandparents and and even you know aau coaches and high school coaches are are a huge part of that too but you know that's where you know i think that's sometimes what separates 
you know, when you're talking about the minute, you know, uh, this kid is, is exactly like this kid from a talent level almost, that's, that's maybe where you get some separation is just how you, you know, the, the people who surround you. And you, again, you don't control that to a certain extent. You control it when you get older. Uh, but, but, uh, you can make good decisions too when you're, you know, when you're younger about who you're surrounding yourself with, certainly. But, you know, that's probably a long answer, but it's something I think a lot about, you know, and, and you know, I know kids want to get caught up in rankings and, and accolades and things like that, but that's really not, you know, that's, like I said, that's more for the fans than it is for, for yourself. Good stuff. Kyle, before we let you go, you mentioned a lot of work right now in high school football, getting your preseason content ready for the star. Can you give us a real overview, a quick overview of who maybe some of the better teams throughout the state will be? Is there a front runner or two you want to mention? Yeah, definitely. Cathedral is going to be, you know, in the Max Preps put out their national rankings you know, in the other day, which again, you know, who knows for sure how this goes, but they do have, you know, they were, they were back to back state champions in five a. Uh, so one of the big storylines this year is they're moving up to six a. So that's going to be, uh, you know, something to watch, you know, because they've gone head to head with center Grove the last two years in the regular season. Uh, there are only two losses. The last two years have been to center Grove and in, in both in really good games. So now, you know, they're playing in the same class, you know, so can they, and center Grove is probably not quite from a talent standpoint, uh, what they've been, at least the the very, very high-end talent that they've had, like Caden Curry and Taven Jackson, uh, but they're not going anywhere as far as uh, being one of the best teams in the state. So to me, that's, you know, that's maybe the number one storyline in 6A anyway, and especially in our area, is, is those two teams will play in the last game of the regular season, <clears throat> but that could be just a preview of what's to come in the, in the tournament. I think that's I think that's great. You know, you want your team's uh, best teams, I think, playing each other in the tournament and or having the potential to do that. And that's what we'll have this year in 6A. And then uh, Carmel's moving back to the north side of, of 6A. So uh, that change will, uh, I think, probably even things out a little bit as far as the balance of power uh, north to south again uh, with Westfield up there, too, and Westfield going to the state championship the last two years. So, yeah, it's fun. We're actually out at the Speedway today shooting some of our uh, super team uh, photo shoot and and uh, getting some of that ready and doing a lot of stuff ahead of time this year, even back into June. So uh, you know, look forward to that rolling that stuff out here in the next couple of weeks. Great stuff, Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star, kind enough to join us on Fridays. Kyle, thanks for the chat. You bet. Talk to you next week. All right, definitely. And uh, Justin, thank you so much. Great to catch up with you. And a great job, not just with our interview earlier in the show, but uh, jumping in here on some subjects that I know you're not focused on as you're, uh, you're focused on Bellarmine basketball. But great to have you with us today. And, uh, again, great job. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. It was it was fun to be a part of. Um, and I hope anybody listening continues to because there's some great content on here. Um, and I know I always look forward to to getting the updates and uh, sometimes having some laughs. But um, I'm sure we'll have some fun guests on in the future, and it's it's been really fun to be a part of it. Absolutely. As we close things out, I know the summer is a busy time for you. You're preparing for what uh, should be another great season at Bellarmine next year. Uh, for the as we close out, is for the parents listening. I know we have a lot of parents that have kids in high school or middle school or even younger than that. Uh, how hard do you have to work? to be successful at your level at the D1 level. I would say as an athlete you have to uh you have to work as hard as you've ever worked in your life, but as a parent you have to support as hard as you've ever supported. Um because you can want it as bad as you want for your kids and uh, my parents have always just supported me as much as they can. 
may not be because they know a lot about basketball, um, but they've loved me and they care about me. So um, parents support your kids and kids uh, just one day at a time, do what you got to do and just do your job. All right, Justin Betts. Justin, thank you. We'll talk again, but good luck next season. I appreciate it. Thanks, That's going to wrap things up for this Friday program. Back with you Monday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.